0: it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If, 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 if your
1: blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this, this is the pod, is for you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by E.J. Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. want you to put the word back out there that we back up. We back up. The Knicks have won two in a row. This is Orange and Blue Bloods. I'm EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beer. Knicks on a a mini winning streak after a a big win over the Suns. So we're going to have plenty to talk about. We'll talk about that Suns game. We'll also talk about uh, the Wednesday game that we'll uh, be watching against the Spurs. Spurs thank Knicks. Last week, now the Spurs come to Madison Square Garden, so we'll preview that one. And another, Nick, another trade rumor. We'll also discuss what's happening on the latest uh, trade uh, trade, trade rumors, trade discussions happening on the internet. And, and, and a new guy, guy we haven't talked much about in regards to uh, future trades, has now been uh, thrown into the mix in terms of being a possible guy on the way out. So, playing to get to, joined by my guy, Tommy. Tommy, what's up, man? All we
2: do is streaks around here. The Knicks have eight in a row, five in a row, now back two yeah. in a row. Um yeah, yeah. The uh yesterday's price is not today's price. Uh if <laughs> the wire analogies. Um but yeah, uh, a good uh, a good win for the Knicks. Um Sun's coming in a little bit uh limping a little bit, obviously, playing without Devin Booker. Um and uh haven't really found the chemistry. Um, that uh, really propelled them to great heights the last couple seasons. Obviously, Jay Crowder is still not with the team. So, um, but as we know, um, you play who's in front of you. Knicks played two games without Brunson and Barrett. Um, you know, essentially three, and uh, obviously uh, still don't have RJ. Um, but they got Brunson back, and uh, that was obviously a key part of the Knicks' success uh, uh, Monday afternoon. And obviously Julius Randle getting off to a hard, hot start in the first quarter as we basically you can set your watch to right now um, finish with another big line um, and uh, defensively. Knicks got after it defensively. Um, and so I think those are kind of the three talking points, which I'm sure we'll discuss over the next few minutes here.
1: We're going to get into all of it. And of course, if you enjoy these uh, episodes of the Orange and Blue Buzz podcast, a New York Knicks podcast and Odyssey and original. You can get these podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Wherever you do listen to these podcasts, make sure you um, hit the subscribe and uh, auto-download feature so you can get these episodes whenever we drop. We drop three times a week, this being the first one of this week. So we'll have plenty to talk about throughout the week. So, again, if you enjoy these episodes, make sure you hit that auto-download button on wherever you get your podcasts. So the Knicks uh, had one of their more complete games of the season on Monday. Blowing out the Suns at the Garden, 102-83 at times. This game uh, wasn't even that close. Knicks were up 30 in the first half. Uh, Julius Randle got the Knicks going early, finished with another big stat line, 28 points, 16 rebounds. We've certainly seen him really attack the class uh, at a high level of play along with the shot making. Jalen Brunson, he returned to action after missing the entire Texas trip. That was three games that he did not play. He returned. He had 24 points in this game, six assists. Uh, The Knicks held the Suns to just 11 points in the first quarter. So we talked about the Knicks' struggles defensively. They certainly seem to find their way in this one. Phoenix shot just 39% from the field and shot 27% from three in this game. The Knicks were coming off of another blowout win that they had over the Rockets um, over the weekend, which snapped a league-worst five-game losing streak. So uh, the story this game really, really starts with Julius Randle, I think, and another big game. And, and what a difference a year makes. So around this time last year, you were having the whole thumbs-down situation. You had uh, fans booing him, fans uh, discontented with how he was playing. And it seemed like it, it was uh, it was an untenable situation at that point in time. And there you see him at the guard. He's on the free throw line in the fourth quarter. And he's getting MVP chance. Uh, it, it, was, it was kind of surreal to kind of think about how far he's come. And Julius Randle now having uh, another great, season for the Knicks and he talked a little bit about what motivates him in terms of trying to be an all-star once again I mean it's obviously you know you work hard to put yourself in a position to do that so uh it would be amazing you know I I love it not necessarily for me obviously it's great but I love it to be able to experience it with my family uh to be able to you know experience it with my son um both of my sons um because they're the one that really make the true my wife too they're they're people that really make the true sacrifice of uh, letting me dedicate myself to the game the way um, I've been able to do, um, you know, summers and night in and night out. They're the one that's making a true sacrifice. so I love to be able to let them, you know, enjoy it and, you know, see the rewards of it and stuff like that. So that's why it's important. So Jayles, Drew's Drews is saying essentially the family of uh, being the motivating factor for him wanting to become an all-star this season for the second time of his career. He's certainly playing at an all-star level right now. I tweeted last night or yesterday during the game that, you know, to me the Knicks have two all-stars right now with the way uh, Randall's playing, the way Princeton's played for most of the season. Tommy, how do you explain the settled play we've seen from Julius of late, particularly since uh, we saw such a, a dismal season last season?
2: Yeah, you know, like just you got to give him a ton of credit. Um, The guy came in in shape. That's the one thing even, uh, you know, for any criticism, he's always, um, you know, come in in elite shape since he signed with the Knicks um, and and just seemed more mentally prepared to handle the slings and arrows, the ups and downs that come with being a star in New York City. Um, And I think the Brunson's arrival and even in a weird way, the 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 Mitchell Donovan Mitchell stuff, which I think he had a pretty good game yesterday too. If I, if
1: I oh yeah yeah seventy one points, not bad, right?
2: Uh, the one thing I was thinking: of, imagine if the Knicks had lost, you know, the 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 Houston game and found a way to lose. If the Knicks were riding a seven game win streak and Donovan Mitchell went for seventy one. Yeah, win streak, yeah. Oh. God, but that's the here or there um next two games over 500 we'll get into all that um but yeah i just think that the kind of the mitchell stuff and then the brunson coming in it just seemed like randall was an afterthought whereas the the, the season prior it was okay nicks were really good the, the, you know in, in 2021 the bubble season can randall you know can he take his game to the next level now. Can he yeah. carry the, the Knicks to pass the first round? Just qualifying for the playoffs was cool, but now we want to make some noise. Those expectations were, you know, ratcheted up by the Knicks offseason signings, obviously bringing back veterans and, and Noel and, and Burks, basically yeah. running it back. Um Derek Rose as well and obviously we know that this season was incredibly disappointing um failing to make the play in game let alone the, the the in to finish one of the top 6 seeds in the east so um this season it was just kind of like you know We got this Brunson thing. RJ Barrett just signed a massive extension. Um, Are they going to make another big trade at some point? And and Randall just kind of seemed to float under the radar. Um, And 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 he seems to thrive when he has that attention. And obviously, what Brunson brings, and that's not even mentioning what Brunson brings on the court as an organizer, Mm -hmm. as a facilitator, as the leader of the team, and getting you know just getting the the folks set and letting Randall pick and choose his spots. But um, you know, you mentioned it. He's playing at. Arguably better than, than he was yeah. during, his, as as hard as that is to believe, than is during his All MBA made second team All MBA that MBA that season, especially of late. Over the Knicks' last seven games, averaging over 32 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, shooting 51% from the floor, 41% from behind the arc. Just remarkable numbers, uh, remarkable reduction, especially when you pair that with elite efficiency. Um, dating back to Thanksgiving weekend, that's an 18-game stretch. Randall ranks third in the league in total points behind only Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, and LeBron. Um, he's one spot ahead of Jokic on the season randall ranks 10th overall in total points fourth in the league in rebounds um he's the only player top 10 in points and top five in boards the only player top uh 10 in both categories is Giannis. um mm-hmm. you know and, and you know it's worth pointing out that he doesn't match those guys in terms of averages but um he's available he hasn't missed a game yet this season and the Knicks yeah. have beaten him so that that's a that's a to me that's a check mark in his favor um yeah, I think you can certainly make a very, very strong argument um, that he deserves a return trip to the All Star game. A lot of that's going to depend on the Knicks' record and his continued production. Um, but if the Knicks are at or around 500, above 500, you know, one of the top seven, six, eight seeds in the East, um, I think you will see two. Uh, a very good chance you'll see uh, two Knicks make the All Star team.
1: Yeah, which is is pretty remarkable considering where Randall was last year. And I think about how he started this year because to me it feels like. There's been the, the biggest turn to me has been in the shot making, particularly the three-point shooting. Um, he started in that first month of the season. He was shooting 24% from three. And he looked like the Julius Randle from last season. I mean, he wasn't maybe as a, you know, as much of a cantankerous jerk. That's what he was last year. Um, but the the play was was similar in terms of him not being able to find the stroke, whether it be from three, whether it be from mid-range. And it's interesting because RJ, I saw uh uh, Drew Hanlon, RJ Barrett's trainer said essentially they made a shift in RJ's shot, uh, of late, and that essentially since then he's been shooting at these very high splits of like 48, 45, and you know, like 80 from 80% from the free, from the free throw line. And I, I kind of wonder if Julius Randle made some kind of change in his shot, uh, because it, to me, there's a stark difference from that first month, really, since then. I mean, he, he even shot better in November, he shot uh, 47 from the field, 35% from three. And now, I mean, he he's shooting 36 from three. He's getting close to 37. So I, I think that the the shot making opens up so much other things for him that I think you've seen a great improvement there. I also think, to me, and what I saw last night, besides obviously his rebounding continue, I think his passing yesterday was phenomenal. And I'd seen him um, hit Grimes on some uh, good looks. I seen him hit he hit Fournier on some good looks, and I thought the difference. I don't see the difference in the game because the difference in the game was the Knicks went on twenty-one to 0 run uh, in the second quarter. That will put the team away for the most part. But the, the 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 Suns did cut that lead to about 18 points in the fourth quarter. And what happens? Julius Randle comes, hits quickly for a three. Now they are up 21. Come down next play, he hits a three. They're down now at 24. If Chris Paul comes down, hits a three. They You think, okay, maybe they'll hit it back to 21. What happens? Julius Randle comes back down, finds the open man, Evan Fournier in the corner three now you're back up 24 and there was that part that stretch in the game where we've seen the Knicks fall apart and typically it's been Brunson who's kind of staved off those kind of runs but um in that in that game yesterday it was Randall he made several great passes he made several big shots Uh, he got to the free throw line a ton I think he's it's interesting he 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 took 16 free throws against the, the Rockets he took 12 yesterday I think he's even starting to get some I don't say superstar calls, but he's getting better whistle than he he definitely was getting earlier this season and much of last year. And again, I don't know if the Knicks maybe sent some memos to league officials saying, hey, this guy is one of the more physical players in the league. He takes a lot of contact. He typically does not get a lot of calls, but uh, he's been getting a ton of calls of late. So he's been mixing up the game, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. He's hitting his threes. Um, even in a game where he just necessarily didn't shoot the best, he's still getting MVP chance because he's playing the right way. And uh, yeah, you can't say enough about how how great Julius is playing right now.
2: Yeah, and it's not just offensively, but he's as you noted rebounding really well, and just the effort defensively. Um, yeah. It, it kind of goes part and parcel. I know Tibbs talked about in in training camp uh, in in the preseason that. Randall seems ten, seems to be you know basically saying without saying it. Randall seems to be one of those guys that plays hard defensively when he sees the shot falling, um, mm-hmm. and, and that and that has kind of been the case. Um, contested a bunch of you know closeouts on on three pointers, and that type of stuff is contagious. The same way lazily not helping and you know not helping up teammates or not closing out on open shooters, that stuff's contagious. When you're losing, when you're winning, um, that 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 the energy kind of feeds itself. And the other thing that, that Randall deserves a lot of credit for is his contributions in the first quarter. Um, yep. you know, uh, it's, it's important in NBA to, to get off to a good start and, and, you know, not so you don't have to dig out of a hole. Um, Randall second in the league in, in total first quarter points of season behind only Doncic. Um, he's ahead of Durant, uh, SGA and Trey young. So, um, obviously elite category there in terms of offensive production. And that's been an important part, um, during the Knicks success, both during their eight game win streak. Um, and, and, and the last couple of games is getting off to a good start and, and yeah. putting his team, uh, you know, so they don't they're not behind the eight ball within the first 12 minutes.
1: And it's funny because I had a follower kind of, you know, I posted I tweeted that, you know, Randall right now is maybe the best first quarter player in the NBA. People were like and the guy was like, really a first quarter player. I'm like, well, yes, obviously that's a, a big caveat. But right. still think about last season and how much the Knicks' starting lineup got buried in the first quarter and really the last two seasons even the year when they won 44 games you know that, that their first quarter is because their starting lineup was so poor uh they got buried in games and in the second year they couldn't figure it out they couldn't right. find a way to to get back in games sometimes with how bad their first quarters were so i know i don't want to minimize how how strong julius Randle coming out in the first quarter setting the tone has helped this team it, it is a factor yep. um one other factor i think is also obviously mr jalen brunson who, who came back and uh, essentially, besides missing some free throws, looked like he never left. I mean, he was sharp, he badly outplayed Chris Paul, who had a minus 38. Um, the only time he's had a worse, a minus plus minus ratio in a game was the uh, the 50 40 point debacle they had in game seven uh, against the, the Mavs last year. Chris Paul was awful yesterday, and Jalen Brunson gave them all uh, they could handle. And, and Jalen Brunson had another good game, and Tom Thibodeau talked about. Uh, why Brunson's impact helps Randall?
2: Jalen is a playmaker, and when I say that, I mean whatever the game needs,
0: he's going to provide. And so I think Julius, at times, uh, you know, certainly last year, we, you know, we were just trying to get through, and Alec did a great job for us. And I don't want to minimize what he did, but having Jalen is different, and it allows Julius to move around more, and oftentimes he's playing in space. And when Julius is playing in space,
2: he's very hard to guard. And so, you know, he can mix. He can – his scoring versatility, whether it's the post, pick and roll, he and Jalen in
1: a two-man game, uh, or him just triggering action. I, I think that that's been real good. Yeah, I think the diversity in Julius's game can definitely be attributed to Brunson. I think Brunson had a, a big factor in yesterday's game. Um, that big second quarter, as great as Julius played, Julius wasn't out there. It was <laughs> Jan Brunson uh, leading the show, and he was he was just cooking. And when you're able to get away from some of the Knicks' bad habits that come with isolation, Julius Randle, everybody standing around, just watching him, waiting for him to make a pass, and they are able to get him, as Tibdo said correctly, in space, on movement, Um and, and then maybe get him into mismatches, they, they – they they become a, a pretty tough team to guard. We're starting to see that now. This is a kind of not a this is not a small sample size. I mean, offensively, there's during the season Knicks are top half of the league in most categories except for three point shooting, where they, they they they've struggled a lot. So um, I don't know how you felt about Brunson yesterday, but I thought he he, he was a big factor in their win yesterday. Him his return. A hundred percent. And uh, again,
2: as, as, as Tibbs talked about there and it's all the Knicks and coaches have talked about since the start of the season and even the front office, one of the reasons they brought this guy in, not just because he's crafty in the lane and he, you know, shoots a high percentage and, you know, is a 90%, near 90% free throw shooter for his career and has played well in big games and won championships in college. It's what he brings it just in terms of his leadership and, and just that mentality. Okay. Things get a little out of control. Let's let our point guard settle it down. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's, you know, proven true, you know, um, uh, and, and it's not only important that he plays, but also plays well. Um, the Knicks are 14 and five this season when he scores more than 20 points, they're five and 12 when he scores fewer than 18, um, and, and, or misses games that includes the three games they've set out. So it just, you know, goes to show, um, that, um, you know, it, it really is a, an incredible, um, he's, he's, you know, kind of the, the, the bellwether of this team in so many respects. Um, and one other thing I wanted to mention before we move on to, uh, looking at Wednesday's game was, um, I was, I I continue to be amazed by the splits between the Knicks defense when, during wins and during losses, Mm -hmm. um, in games that they've won, they've just like 120, they're 2018 on the season. New York is allowing just 103.1 points per 100 possessions, um, which ranks second best uh, as the second best defensive efficiency rating in the league um, for all teams, all behind only Cleveland, who's first. Um, in the 18 games they've lost, they're allowing 120. Um, which mm. ranks twenty-sixth amongst all teams in, in contests they've lost. So no team in the league is nearly as wide as a gap. You know, some teams will have, you know, six or seven points or yeah. even ten points, you know, double digits sometimes. Um, obviously you, you know, you're gonna tend to give up more points in games you lose, but to have that 17 point yawning gap is 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 really is remarkable. Um, you know, and and but you know, listen, you sum it all up. Um, you know, looking at the big picture here, we're almost halfway through the season. You know, we'll talk a little bit about this later in the week. Um, so you guys come back and check us out. But, um, yeah. you know, 20 and 18, two games above 500, it's the same record as the Warriors, that's the same record as, as the Suns. Um, you know, they're uh, top 10 in uh, they're 11th in the league now in offensive efficiency, um, eighth in the league in defensive efficiency. They're, uh, in their net rating of plus 2.6 is eighth in the NBA. Um, that's ahead of both the Milwaukee bucks and the Denver nuggets. Um, mm. the Knicks might, you know, have established something, um, you know, we'll, we'll, see if they can keep it together. Um, obviously it's been a roller coaster. There've, there've been some Jekyll and Hyde moments. Um, but, um, you know, looking at the big picture here, you look at those advanced metrics; those paint a favorable picture um, over the first half of the season, and we'll see if the Knicks can start to do some things in the second half of the season. Um, you know, as a De- as a Detroit Lions fan, um, Lions started out one and six this season. You know, a lot of yeah. fans were saying, "Let's lose as many as we can," and you know, draft a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and and here they are with a chance, you know, uh, to, they're playing the Packers in Green Bay on Sunday night and if they win um, and, and the Seahawks uh, win as well, um, beat the Rams, uh, lose the Rams rather, um, the Lions will advance. It's just kind of a reminder that you don't, you know, um, uh, Mike Frances on the fan used to always talk about NFL teams, professional sports teams don't want to give away seasons. If there's a chance that they can be competitive, um, you want to maximize those opportunities and, and, and really try to take advantage of it. Um, and it's, it looks like, um, you know, so you, you can understand, you know, obviously Tibbs is going to do that. And it looks like the front office is going to do that as well. Um, now it's on the players to kind of maximize that opportunity and make a push and, and see if they can make some noise this
1: season. Yeah, and I think that game on uh, on on Monday was a, a great microcosm of that. Because look at the Suns. I mean, you got a team that had finals aspirations, a team that was in the finals just a couple of seasons ago. And they're the same record as the Knicks. And they look dreadful. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the Phoenix situation, it is really bad. And, you know, I, I, I always try to be cautious of, making bold proclamations in January. Though January, I think, is the part where you do start to kind of start to make some statements about what's going on. Right. But even still, January, December, definitely November, October. I try not to, to get too crazy because it's so much of the season left. But, I mean, the Suns, they just look so disjointed yesterday. I thought offensively, they seemed to have just no plan. It was just, let's just go and just throw up some mid-ring jumpers. And uh, if they go in, they go in. If they don't, they don't. Nobody attacking the basket. I know Monty Williams was... Frustrated that you know julius Randle and and jalen brunson had way more free throws than them as an entire team i'm like your team is taking only mid-range jumpers they're not attacking the basket they're not attacking the paint it, i mean they it's, they had no plan i know they didn't have devin booker but for a team that's uh, supposed to be a team that's a championship team they look nothing close to that and i think phoenix may have to look in the mirror uh big time at, at this trade deadline uh whether it be making a big shake up to bring in additional score or blowing it up because that, that did not look like a championship team at all. Not even close.
2: Agreed. And, um, you know, obviously the, the Jay Crowder situation should be resolved, but you know, the fact that they didn't get that handled prior to the start of the season, I guess they're obviously they thought they could, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be 10 games above 500. Then we'll get Crowder. Then we'll make our strong get rid of Crowder, get, bring another piece and make our strong push. Um, they got three more weeks without Devin Booker, man. I, you know, yeah. they got to keep their head above water. Um, you know, they're going to get Cam Johnson back sooner rather than later, ideally. Um, but I agree with you. Um, just a fight that spirit wasn't there. Um, Ayton talked about it after the game. He was just kind of, you know, even in games we had lost in the past few years and we lost plenty of games, if we we're down 20, we still fought. We thought we had a chance. Um, they just seemed to let go of the rope yesterday. And that's a bad sign for a team that's um, supposed to be one of the elite teams in the league.
1: And yeah, they got Cleveland next, and again, they, Cleveland has guys that scored seventy-one points, so uh, it does not get any easier for the Suns before they head back home. So, uh, and also, real quickly before we move, I want to shout out two guys I thought really played great. Mitchell Robinson continues to be yes. an absolute monster on the offensive glass. Uh, he was tremendous. I think he kind of also set the tone in the first quarter with how he was able to continue to keep the ball alive, uh, give the Knicks second chances, and a man quickly t- t- continue to, to shoot the crap out of the ball. Um, he is shooting extremely well. His offensive game seems to be. On point, he's always going to have your 521 kind of game every now and then, which he had against Dallas. But typically for the last like month, I'd say like he's been pretty consistent with his shot. So when um if he's shooting like this and he's able to give them that kind of secondary offense, uh the Knicks become a, a pretty tough team offensively. And, and Monty talked about that before the game. He says that he said that, you know, quickly, you know, was playing like Jamal Crawford. And I think we're starting to see some of that. So uh, I want to shout out those guys. Hundred percent. Also
2: mentioned Grimes. Um, yep. Interior passing. His drives off passing continue. You know, night after night, just real. And and that. And I think because Grimes does it, Randall's more. You know, comfortable doing it or may be encouraged to do so. Um, and you're right. The Mitch Rob numbers. I I broke them down today in the in, in the newsletter. Um, quietly, he's actually leads the team in, in plus mi- cumulative plus minus this season. Mm. Um, he's up to plus 150 on the season. Quickly's 130, especially over the last 10 games. Um, and and Tibbs talked about this after the after the uh, Monday's win. Um, last 10 games, New York has outscored their opponents by 114 points with Robinson on the court. Um, that's number one. That's that leads the team by far. Randall second at, at plus 83. So that just gives you an idea of how important um, uh, Mitch Rob has been, um, you know. And and we talk about all stars. He's not in that conversation yet. Um, but if you you know, outside of the elite tier of the embedes and the and the Jokic's yeah. and, and, and Sabonis and those guys, um, that second tier of centers. You could you put Mitch's advanced you know per one hundred possession advanced metrics up against those guys. Um, obviously, the offensive rebounds he gets um, are are, um, are are a key part. Um, somebody had tweeted yes, I forget who, um, but somebody said you could make the argument that Mitchell Robinson's offensive rebounding skill is better than any other Knicks elite skill in, you know like
0: just yeah. you know
2: he's in the 99th 99.9 percent percentile um so uh you know just just something to think about but yes we probably don't talk about it as much as we should so so that's on us but um robinson um has been a key part of the knicks you know now they're you know um you know the eight game winning streak obviously and then the last two wins um uh, he, he's been a key uh a key contributor
1: Yeah, it feels like Mitch Robinson is just that close to really kind of breaking through and reaching his full potential. Like, he doesn't do it consistently, but, like, you're starting to see it more and more, and and you kind of start to see the player Mitch Robinson potentially become.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch,
0: and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: But uh, as I said, as we said, the Knicks uh, will look to extend their three-game winning streak when the Spurs come to town on Wednesday. The Spurs beat the Knicks in San Antonio last Thursday that gave New York their season-high fifth straight loss. Jalen Brunson did not play in that game, but he's expected to play in this game since uh, beating the Knicks last week. The Spurs have lost two straight. They got dominated by the Nets in Brooklyn last night. I don't know, by the way, if you, did you see that Kyrie back? Like, I, that was – that was – wild I just, this is like something that this is something on 2k that shouldn't have happened and that happened yeah in yeah, it looked in like the a
2: glitch in the in matrix a little bit yeah i was like what
1: the <laughs> heck so uh so yeah so it was not a good night for the spurs uh in brooklyn and now they got the knicks on wednesday uh, I, I would expect brunson to really change the dynamic of this entire game um, um i don't know how you feel about that but I, I i think brunson being in the lineup means trouble for i think for the spurs
2: of course obviously that that's a, a key part and also just a revenge factor um yeah you know, Nick's going to want to exact some revenge after they got beat up in, in San Antonio. Now they're back in New York. Um, one thing to keep in mind, um, if we're um, uh, looking at, uh, you, you mentioned they, they're uh, 139 to one, you know, they got beat by 35, 36 points um, yeah. in Brooklyn on Monday. That means that all their starters basically played 25 minutes or fewer. Um, uh, Devin Vassell also didn't play for San Antonio um, w- when the Knicks were there last week. Um, right. He's back in the lineup. Um, but again, he played you know just 25 minutes. Pirtle played less than 20 minutes. Sohan played less than 22 minutes. So those guys will be relatively fresh, whereas the Knicks, you got Brunson coming off an injury, played 39 yeah. minutes in the game with the Knicks up 20, less than a minute left. I, I, don't, know, I don't know why either. Um, you yeah. know, Rand- Randall playing a ton of minutes he could have got random
1: played, random played 40 minutes
2: you know <laughs> the game crazy. the Knicks won by 20 and the game that yeah. they were up 30 um, but you know, we know we know Tibbs is uh you know you love him you hate him it comes with a package um so you know the Knicks did play a three so they get they you know it's a little bit earlier you know sort of an afternoon game um but that could be a factor in terms of a, a rested Spurs team that being said San Antonio has been in New York City since Sunday um mm-hmm. and we saw how the sons who had been who had the same situation they played the nets and then they played the knicks um they did not look fresh i don't know if there are no. any photos that are going to come out from uh, <laughs> from, from nightclubs uh yeah
1: from, from the Forty Forty club or Tau <laughs> or something like that yeah <laughs> whatever the cool club One One now, One oak
2: yeah. yeah. Um so I you know we'll see how how the young Spurs handle uh, having a few days off in, in the big apple. Um but uh you know I guess that's something to keep in mind as well. But yeah, Knicks should be favored um by you know 6-7 points um if not double digits. This is a game they should win uh, on their home floor. They haven't been successful this season. They're actually the only team in the NBA with a running with a winning record that has a record below 500 at home. Uh-huh. Um so uh, but yesterday they they took care of business, obviously, against the Suns team. And that, and that's what they need to do um, against the Spurs. We talked about it um, after their loss in San Antonio. You don't want to give these teams hope. You don't want to give these teams a chance. That's what the Nets yeah. did um, uh, against the Spurs on Monday. And that's what the Knicks did against the Warriors, uh, against the, um, the Suns on Monday yeah. as well. So we'll see if they can keep that going.
1: Yeah. And I think with the Knicks, it, it, it's going to be. I think in terms of watching that game, we just talked about Mitch. I, I actually – Mitch is probably the guy I, I'm watching most in this next game because Jacoperto is a player that I respect a lot in this league. I think he's, he's a really solid center. And I said on on the podcast last week, I thought he ate Mitch's lunch. I thought it was maybe Mitch's worst game. Now they were just coming off a game where a lot of these guys played 45, 50 minutes. So he just might not have had any, any, anything in the tank, and I can understand that. But, uh, but I, I would really want to see Mitch kind of answer the bell in this next game up against, again, a guy who I think is up here. I think him and Purtle are kind of on the same level. So um, it wasn't great to see Purtle dominate him in the last game. I think Mitchell will have something to say in this next one. And then when I look at this schedule coming up, the schedule breaks pretty nice for the Knicks. I'm starting to wonder if there's a chance that they could maybe not go on a streak per se, but could you get a seven out of 10? Could you do an eight out of 11? I mean, you got San Antonio at home, then you go on the road to Toronto, team that you know they should have beat at home with like all these guys hurt that they didn't beat um or rather not they came off of a back-to-back they weren't guys hurt but yeah guys uh you came off of a back-to-back and you almost beat scott and needed 50 to win uh you got the bucks but then you got the pacers uh you got road game against the wizards in detroit you got the raptors again then you got washington again and then you got atlanta and toronto before you get to cleveland and january 24th and the schedule starts to really pick up at that point but this this little stretch here from the fourth to the twenty second, a lot of winnable games, a lot of game teams under five hundred, a lot of teams scrambling, barely making the playoffs. Not too many elite teams in there. I would probably only count the Bucks as being elite team in there. Uh, do you feel like the Knicks can maybe uh, go on a little run here? Uh,
2: not only can they, they
1: need to. Um, we've mm-hmm. we, we've learned that the Knicks can. T- t-
2: stumble into a five-game losing streak at any point right. again their margin for error is not that good so that's why it was so important to kind of sock those wins away um, during that eight-game win streak so even when you lose five in a row you only back to 500 instead of being four games below 500 and in the eleven seed and then panic starts to set in um right. so um yeah including the suns game Knicks play six of their first nine games of 2023 at home um, the uh, Their three road games are all against teams that are on the, you know, that are the 11th seed or lower on the outside of the, the playoff picture looking in. They got the Raptors twice. Raptors have been, you know, you talked about the Suns, Raptors, much the same way. They've been, but even far worse. They're five yes. games below 500 right now. Um, I don't know what's going on with Toronto, but, you know, a lot of mumbling about, um, you know, Nick Nurse. And, you know, you talk about Tibbs playing his players too much um, out in Toronto. They do not like the way Nick Nurse is handled that roster. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, But again, you know, um, the Knicks can't take anybody for granted. Um, You know, they're not good enough to just kind of overlook teams as they learn during their their five-game losing skid. So uh, we'll see. But, yes, they have to, you know, in order to kind of take that next step and solidify themselves as legitimately one of those mid-tier teams in the East, this is an important part of the schedule um, to kind of keep this momentum going. A lot of it's going to obviously factor in health and the teams they're playing. Are, Are they missing guys? Can Brunson avoid the injury bug? Um, even though he's back, we know he takes a pounding night in, night out. Um, how does RJ look when he gets back on the floor? Um, assuming that happens later this week, um, we're still waiting kind of uh, for an update on Barrett and his situation. Um, and and can Randall? Does he is he going to slow down? He's obviously playing a ton of minutes. Um, does he wear down at any point? Um, all those factors have to be considered. But yes, in terms of how the the the, the um, schedule is going to shake out, you can't ask for a much more favorable stretch run of uh, you know two or three weeks.
1: Yeah, and, and and you hope that with guys coming back, uh, R.J. potentially will be topping uh, that, that, you know, when you, you get into the stretch where you have some winnable games that you can start to make them away. Because right after that, Brooklyn, uh, you got Boston in here. Uh, you start to get some really good teams. As I mentioned Cleveland, uh, Miami, the, the, the Clippers, the Sixers. I mean, that, that, that like end of January, beginning of February part of the schedule is – pretty brutal so it's going to be important for the next to take care of business in this next two three weeks because if they don't um that that stretch uh to start to the kind of month of february could be could be trouble so it's going to be important for that as well so i, I just mentioned uh, Obi toppin um he is the latest player that apparently is being discussed in trades with the new york knicks so uh sean Devney of heavy.com he reported that the Knicks and Pacers engaged in trade talks around the third year forward. So according to an Eastern conference executive that spoke to Devaney, uh the Pacers see Toppin as an ideal fit for the team. They're trying to rebuild, which they want to be a lot more of a faster running gun athletic type team. Toppin certainly would fit that mold and the Pacers having extra first round picks that they could make available could entice the Knicks in a potential deal. Um, a move to Indiana would, of course, give Toppin the opportunity to play more minutes, potentially start. Uh, that's something that he's not been able to do in New York because of the place Julius Randle has in the team and in the front office uh, and uh, and another big season he's having. So uh, makes sense from Indiana's standpoint of why Toppin would be a player they would target. Uh, but from the Knicks standpoint, I mean, do you support the idea of even moving Toppin in a deal like this?
2: Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I think it's always uh, a bad sign when a team's looking to sell low on a player. Um, you know, obviously Obi injured right now. Um, you know, I understand that Randall's playing well, but there's no guarantee that that's you know that that's going to continue. Um, the one position they don't really have a ton of depth out is power forward. Um, the right. Sims Hartenstein you know combo hasn't been successful. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, Obie could fit in, fit well. Um, so definitely if I'm, I'm sure the paces aren't the only team, um, that the, the paces won't be the only team that, that call the Knicks. If they, if the Knicks let teams know that, that Obie's on the block, um, you know, he's the ideal young piece. Um, on an affordable rookie contract that no other team's going to look and swoop in and say if you don't value the guy you know we'll take you, we'll take him off your hands no problem um the other thing the other thing to keep but the other thing to keep in mind from a knicks perspective they're going to have to make some decisions this summer particularly with quickly and, and Topping and, because they're going to be right. extension eligible if the front office has come to the conclusion that just all be for whatever reason i disagree with it i i, I don't think that 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 would be smart um but if they're going to make this if they've come to the conclusion that they're not going to offer Topping, you know an extension this this offseason um then they probably should explore trade opportunities um but the you know and the, and the thing we'll talk about is who are they going to get back from the pacers though it's right. again it's they have depth that that you know, that everything that's going on, you know, pretty much of their positions Do they really need to, to get more first round picks. Um, I don't, I don't think that benefits them. So for that reason, and we, and as we've said before, um, certainly they've, they've made a habit of collecting first rounders, but they also want to be competitive this season. So I don't, I, you know, it's just weird with the Knicks, um, is, especially as far as this trade season goes, um, because you're looking at players like, listen, if they want to trade Halliburton, I guess we will make room for them. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah. We can play all that. while you. there be off the bed and we,
0: got, <laughs> we got a lot yeah, even
2: while you look yeah. past it you know yeah exactly um uh, but again you know miles Turner is a great you know piece um and and you know is awesome young player but you know obviously those guys are you know the Halliburton's and Matherins and um you know Nemhard if they want to move him but he sounds looks like he's you know found a rotation you know piece a part of the rotation there um so it's just you know again it looks like they're just you know looking to package XX picks for for top and um who would be a great fit alongside Turner. Part of me would love to see Obi go there just to see what he could do you know with consistent minutes and you know on a team that you know professes faith in him and he doesn't have to you're not playing behind the behind an all-star so um, but yeah I I just don't I don't see how it would make a bunch of sense from the Knicks perspective
1: yeah when I look at the when I look at it from the Knicks perspective when you're looking at guys that could potentially trade I mean I got you know you know know, whether it's Halliburton or Mathurin these guys are supernovas and of course uh, wouldn't be available in a trade like this but we know the Knicks need shooting we know the Knicks uh, value shooting that's one of their main weaknesses right now and uh, I don't think that Buddy Hill would be a guy that they could probably get. It's not a guy I really would want. He has three years left on his deal. He's making twenty plus million. They literally have Fournier, who they're trying to get rid of. And I know Buddy Hill's better, but I, this is that's not the kind of player I think I'm I'm trying to uh, pay sixty million for the next two three years with. But I do wonder if a player like Chris Durarte, who maybe becomes more expendable because of how Mather has played and Buddy Hield seems to have found a home in Indiana and they seem to value what he brings to the table. Um so Duarte, he's been injured and kind of out of rotation. He had a pretty solid rookie year. He was a player that the Knicks were interested in during the NBA draft. Um he's the Dominican kid. so there's you know, there's plenty of ties potentially to to New York, which is why the Knicks were interested in him. Uh, do you wonder do you see if do you wonder if maybe these teams say, "Look, you have a guy that you can't really utilize that probably has value. We have a guy who we can't really utilize but has value. Why don't we just swap? And then, okay, we'll throw an extra first if he really, you know, is going to be the one that, that that makes the deal. I wonder if that was discussed. It wouldn't shock me. Um, Duarte, again, been out of reputation, has not played well when he's played. So I want to give that caveat, but he has a reputation of being a, a dead eye shooter. He was in college, he, he was for much of last season. And I would think that he maybe would be a guy that Indiana would, would dangle in a deal like that.
2: Definitely. Uh, Duarte is a guy you mentioned. There's definitely Nick ties. Um, I haven't watched enough of the Pacers this season to see kind of, obviously he had that injury, um, you know, in the middle of the season um, that, that really set him back. It looks like he hasn't, you know, really recovered even though it's been three weeks um he scored a total of five points in the last pacers last four games combined um so that's something like that could make sense knicks could also include cam reddish if the if the pacers want to wing back um to kind of play that 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 15 to you know to 20 minutes a night that duarte you know was seeing um you know the, the kind of the issue is um you know, do is is it just injury related? Because he's a guy that started forty games for the for the Pacers last year, averaged right. over thirteen points. Um, you know, played twenty minutes a night. Like he was a key piece, um, obviously on a rebuilding team. Um, but uh, you know, he's older than than you know. He, that was a knock on that's why he slipped in the draft. Um, you know, was drafted as a twenty four year old. He's uh, twenty five yeah. now, going to turn uh, twenty six this summer. Um, so that might make sense. Um, the issue there would be is Duarte content settling into a role behind. Um, RJ Barrett uh, behind Grimes because um, he's not yeah. going to get that 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 type of opportunity that he probably would have, um, or, or that he was penciled in for for the Pacers. But you're right. If they feel like, listen, you know, we're we're gonna Heels a free agent, so I think that's kind of an X factor. Um, if he leaves this this summer, um, then there's certainly a ton of minutes. Obviously, open up, and then they could play um, Matherin and and Duarte together. Um, Duarte can kind of shift between the two and the three. Um, uh, you know, Matherin can play a little bit. Uh, you know, on the on the wing and and the two guard as well. Um, so that's something that that we'll keep an eye on. Um, Aaron Nesmith, Naismith, he's another guy um, that they yeah. can potentially move. Jalen Smith's a guy who they picked up dirt cheap from Phoenix, um, would be would be another interesting kind of you know buy low player. Um, you know that that. But again, the Knicks have you know three centers. They you know they have yeah. enough to find a posi- you know finding minutes for those guys. Um, so, but but the, I think that that is if I was going to um, you told me. You know, three weeks from now, they, they make a trade. They, I guarantee you that the trade is made between these two teams with the players involved. That kind of swap involving um, one young player that we like, and he's shown a lot of promise, but we just don't really have a space for him due to players currently on the roster and in front of him. Right. Um, something like that might make some sense, kind of a, um, a Duarte for OB and Cam Reddish and the Pacers throwing some, some draft capital might make some sense for both squads.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I I hope that they don't move from Obi. Um, yes. I think that Julius Randle has been phenomenal. There's, there's no other way to 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 kind of couch how his season has been. But we have seen he's unreliable when it comes to playing on a consistent and, level.
2: And and just to, to be clear, I think we're both in agreement. If the Knicks get a good offer for Randall, they should they should jump at it, you right? Know, sell, sell high, but, yeah. And and therefore, obviously, you want to have Obi if if and that 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 opportunity
1: presents itself. Exactly. You know, so, so to me, you know, if you, if you don't have Obi around and, and, and you do get a great offer for Randall, you don't make it because you don't have a back four, you don't have a four that you feel comfortable starting, that becomes a problem. And I, I'm, I'm not going to be here and sit there and say, Oh, you know, Julius Randall will fail or I'm not going to do that. I, I'm not doing that here, but we, Julius Randall has been here for a while now. It's not, it's not his first year or second year. You know, this is three years here. So, um, and now we're in the fourth, like, we kind of know what kind of player he is. Like right. we know that he can run really hot, yep. sometimes hot for an entire season. He can yep. run really cold, sometimes for an entire season. Yep. And I think to not have that insurance policy around in case he does run cold is very is very tenuous. If you're not making a deal that is uh that's really set up to 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 really fill out your team, and if you're talking about just throwing top and out of here so you can get an extra first round pick it goes back to this idea. Of what is your direction? I mean, you're now stockpiling more first round picks. Okay, now you feel comfortable giving up a fourth first round pick if you need to in a trade or a third first round pick. You didn't want to do it for Mitchell. Will you do it for another player? Is that why you're doing this? Is there something lined up with another team so that you know, okay, when we get this pick from the Pacers, I can then send it to Phoenix to get Devin Booker or send it somewhere else? Like without that clarity. Um, I, I don't really see the point in, in moving and in, in moving Toppin here. I low key feel like this is this was not the Knicks trying to trade Toppin. I kind of feel like this was Indiana trying to fleece the Knicks, which is, I talked about is what every GM should do like as I said the Knicks calling by certain guys. I'm like, great. They should when they ask the the Lakers allegedly for first round pick for Cam Reddish. I'm like, yeah, they should ask for a first round pick. They know they're not gonna get it, but they should because you never know. It only takes one bad GM, and Rob blink is certainly a bad GM to make a stupid decision that puts you in a good position. So um, the Pacers could have tried to come in and flee to Knicks here, potentially. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if they were trying to trade Topham, but my sneaky suspicion is that the Pacers kind of saw the lay of the land and saw who they had and said, hey, this might be something we could do. And the fact that it hasn't happened or didn't happen, I think is a testament to Knicks really not being all that enthused with it at this moment.
2: Yeah, definitely something to keep in mind. I listen, you know, we're still six weeks away from or five weeks away from the deadline, but we'll mm. see it more often. It's always important to remember that somebody's leaking the trade for a reason. Some, you know, and, and yep. somebody's making the call for a reason. So we don't want to read too much into it. Um, we'll definitely talk about it and discuss it. But that is something to keep in mind. Um, just because Obi's name pops up uh, on the rumor mill doesn't mean that the Knicks have any interest in parting ways. with him.
1: Very well said. And that's going to do it this edition of the orange and blue bloods podcast tommy let the people know where they can find you at tommy beer on twitter you can find me ej underscore stewart on twitter action ej on instagram and tiktok again if you enjoyed this episode of orange and blue bloods you can catch all of our episodes um wherever you get your podcast including the free odyssey app make sure when you find us on your artist, on your uh, your podcast page, make sure you hit the subscribe and hit the auto-download button so you can get these uh, episodes whenever we drop. We drop three times a week. We'll be back with another episode Thursday. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. So uh, for Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.